But look, everybody, it is the end of the growing season. That's right. And your area is probably over. And you're probably thinking, I'm going to put my gardens to bed. But don't do it yet. We got an all-important task that you should do now. And you should not wait to do it into spring, like a lot of people say. Right here on the Backyard Gardens Podcast. To have a good harvest, one must plant good seeds. And must also use the right kind of fertilizer. The carrots have grown large and firm. How good they will taste. Now, we need to talk about the foundation of our garden. Don't you think, Batavia? I mean, I I don't know. That's what we talked about in the pre-show, but sure. (laughs) Let's talk about the foundation. (laughs) I mean, the foundation is the bottom. It's the soil. Um, Mm -hmm, mm Mm-hmm. In my experience, this is one of the hardest pieces to the puzzle to kind of get it all sorted out. Um, Batavia, I think we we had a long discussion about it one day, longer than I'd like to admit. And um, she fell into it, man. I like it, though. She's got a plan and it works well. And it seems to have worked very well for her over the years. So, uh, oh, you mean I stumbled into it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. stumbled into mm-hmm. it. And that's—I don't see a problem with that. First of all, I don't want you to think that's like a uh, a stab at you. I think that's how I've done a lot of things in my garden. But um, this one thing is very important, and it's you know before you put the gardens to bed and they're going to sleep. If you can do that, you don't want to just waste that valuable time because. Life doesn't stop out there. I think um, I every year I go searching on, you know, does it make sense to to make, you know, updates, abandon things in the spring or the fall, spring or the fall? There's things I would do in the garden where I kind of want to do it, air quote, by the book. But then there are things that I want to do in the garden because it's the most convenient, you know, and after this number of years gardening, like I know myself as a gardener, so I know what I'm most likely to do or not do, no matter what I say. Um, and so I think when you talk about some of the things I stumbled into, it was it's funny because it was at a time where I thought it was the proper thing to do. Yeah. You know, so I know it sounds like there's a riddle here, um, but I think it'll become clear <clears throat> in a couple of minutes. Yeah. No, I mean, we're clearly talking about min- amending beds. Um, and, you know, for years, I don't even know if I, I mended my beds for years. I think I always just like topped them off a little bit, but I never put a lot of science behind it or anything. And I always had good luck. And here's the key. Once I started trying to put science behind it, I started having issues. Isn't that interesting? Yeah. Overthinking it. Maybe, yeah, yeah. Overthinking it. And that was kind of when we we're talking in the last show about, um, you know, second guessing myself when uh, parts of the lifestyle I don't like that's come out of mm-hmm. gardening. That would be one of them. Um, you know, I've gotten some advice over the years of, well, first of all, the, the main advice was, you know, amend your beds in the spring, amend your beds in the spring, do that now, do that now. And then it was a couple years ago, I did a couple things in my bed, but one of the things that I did is in the winter, I took chicken manure fresh out of my coop and spread that in my garden, which I don't know if you know or not, but that's like a big no-no. You don't want to put fresh manure in your garden. You need to age it first. Mm-hmm. And the, but why? Uh, for toxins and stuff like that. You know, okay. um, 
I, honestly, I don't know. I, all I know is it can make you sick. I'm not. I don't know totally, but mm. that's one of the big things I've heard. And so I'm like, okay, I get it, especially like large amounts of manure. But mm-hmm. my theory of it was, look, I'm not going to plant in this bed for a couple months. So if I put it out there now, it's just going to age in the bed and start to break down in the bed. So what could I be losing? You know what I mean? And that seemed to work extremely well. So moving forward, that's kind of one of those things. And I've, I've started doing it earlier and earlier into to what I call the season for me. Cause you know, fall is essentially like a second spring for me, kind of not really, but kind of, it's like a, a race into spring, <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. but, um, reading about stuff. Compost is a big thing too, to add to your garden. Yeah, I think, um, I think it's the state of the compost when it comes to some experts, whether they they recommend adding it in the spring or fall. I was trying to look it up. It's, you know, kind of packaged um, compost. It's recommended to add during X season and then fresh compost is um, requested to be added during X season. I'll figure it out before we get wrapped up. (laughs) Um, But (laughs) but spoiler alert, um, you know, so if you're adding compost in the spring, like a month before planting, like I don't have that much time for like the first planting is coming out. Um, you know, so if I'm trying to get some things planted in March, I don't really have an opportunity in February to add compost, right? Like in February, there's some things that are still frozen in February. There's some things that are still completely snow covered. And so that's why, and this is the spoiler for me and just my my you know kind of approach it just makes more sense for me to get these things done in the fall yeah now i don't know how much i lose if you will you know like uh, am i losing some of the nutrients in kind of this snow-packed garden bed but i've come to the point where i just i can't care about that you know like you can't tell me if this soil is still fit to plant in next year that if I add some amendments that they just are going to be washed away I mean I'm not adding like you know uh liquid fertilizer and like why isn't it feeding my plants eight months later I'm not saying that you know um so I think that um just from kind of my style of the way that I'm ready to get up and go in the spring we talked about this a couple episodes ago it's waiting until then to do those steps for me is a prime example of me getting distracted me getting a later start i love the idea of being able to uncover a bed or look at the snow melt on a bed and then be basically ready to plant it yeah you know move some mulch around and get ready to plant in it um and you know the only thing and we should talk about this the only thing that i never add in the fall I don't normally top off a bed in the fall with soil. That's not anything that I've ever done. Um, I definitely add some to many beds in the spring, like when I'm planting. But that's not a step that I've done kind of as I close out the garden year. And it hasn't been like me consciously saying I'm not going to do it. I just never really thought enough to say I needed to. Yeah. All right. So you brought it up. Let's crack it Mm -hmm. open. You top off your beds with what? I cut, well, so it's going to be a layer of compost and I'm terrible about these things. You know, since I use bad compost, if I have a 10 foot by four foot bed, bad, excuse me, bed, that may be like two to three bags of compost. Maybe it comes in at an inch, inch and a half of compost if I had to right. guess. Um, and then I try to, and I just got, you know, a uh, message from my leaf 
connect <laughs> and I try to add some type of mulch um, product <coughs> leaves straw I try emphasis on try not to leave the beds bare right. and that's it uh, for fall for me right and then in the spring you come back and you top off with it depends on the bed um, and depends on the year depends on you know when I'm planting there but in the best version of this in the spring um, beds on the concrete patio which I know are losing soil like, yeah. right as we speak right you know so I'll come in with some fresh soil um, so that's a good example of making the distinction I probably won't add um, compost to the beds on the concrete patio unless I'm planting in them. Right. Like if I'm putting garlic in them again this year, I'll add some compost. But the rest of them, I'll leave them not amend at all, just add some mulch potentially. Right. Right. <clears throat> um, and so the better case scenario, front yard beds, the cage baby, once I've done that one step, two step um, compost, mulch, then when I come back in in the spring, I'll add a bit of um, maybe a little bit more, just a, a handful more compost um, when I'm planting. And then when I have the kind of now bare beds, not amended beds on the concrete patio, I'm starting off like from day one, I'm adding more soil. Right. Because I've probably for a bit that sits 10 or 11 inches tall, I'm probably at like eight, seven, eight inches of soil left. Right. So I'm topping those beds off, adding fresh um, compost. Fresh, I mean, just like it's out of the bag. Um, and then again, my intention is to plant in them. If I'm direct sowing, once things germinate, then I'll add mulch. Yeah. You know, or I'll move the mulch back on. So it's a mixture of that. The mulch piece has always been a challenge for me as I try to amend. And for me, amend means adding some kind of, you know, um, soil or compost. Yeah. So if you search off, you know, if you go and you go down the rabbit hole and you search like um, topping off garden beds or mending garden beds, most of the time, the only thing you're going to get is compost. Add compost, 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 like over and over again. Mm -hmm. And so historically, I think earlier in my gardening career, what I did is I would get, um, I used to use, I have no problem shouting out this company. I wish I could buy it here. I think it was like Gulf of Maine garden soil. Um, I used to use that. It's, you know, it's obviously a New England thing. Uh, you can get it here, but it's so incredibly expensive. It's not even worth it. Mm -hmm. um, I used to use that. And the reason why I, you know, I used it was it was garden soil. So I'd top off with that. And then I got into like composting and all that stuff. And so I was adding compost, compost, compost over and over. And this year, as I was digging into my soil, I, w I was noticing that the dirt was crumbly. Right. Mm -hmm. And I mean, if it was if it was wet, it definitely you could squeeze it, you know, if you had watered it and it would hold shape, but it would dry out really fast. And then I started getting um, on my peppers. I started getting chlorosis. And so when I did a soil test, I had high phosphorus content. And mm. that really confused me because I was like, I don't really I don't understand where this comes from, this, that and the other. And so I was out. um at my local compost maker and I was talking to him and we were having a discussion about it. And he, you know, it's the, 
the amount of compost that you add, if you add too much, can add to that phosphorus content, which you can't get out of your soil, right? It holds it. So then we were talking about it and I was like, well, what do you, you know, what do you recommend I do? And he was like, well, you need to be topping off your beds with topsoil. And I was like, just plain old topsoil. And he's like, yes. And he was saying that is the single most important ingredient you can put into your garden more so than compost because compost will break down and it will add to the soil, but it won't necessarily make more topsoil. So you need, if you're going to, because, you know, as the beds settle, that organic matter doesn't really totally break down evenly. So you need Mm -hmm. to add this because it helps with the transportation of, look at that big word, of nutrients going to the plants. So it's very interesting to me. And so then we started talking about, well, like spring or fall or winter. And this is for my area where we don't get a hard freeze. But he was saying even where it does freeze, fall is the best time to do it, like late fall, when basically you're done, you're raking up your leaves anyways. You know, most gardeners are collecting for mulch or compost or something like that. Mm -hmm. And then doing as you do, topping off. So, and I think as like you've done, you've used garden soil typically, Mm -hmm. which is good. But I think because you've done it for so many years... You've already got that breakdown process going on and you're not just adding only compost because you and I did the math off air and you it was like a three to one ratio, I believe we came up with, mm-hmm. of three garden soil to one compost. Yeah. So that's that was a very telling discussion that we had because you can tell that, you know, over the years all that garden soil is outweighing the compost that you're putting in and you've mm-hmm. naturally made this you know, this good dirt in your garden. You know what I mean? Yeah. And for almost all of the the garden beds, mm, that's not true. About half of the garden beds have had soil in them and growing before I ever added compost. Yeah. And I can't say that I've basically all of that soil has escaped or has been, you know, suppressed or anything. There's still some of that. Or, I'm going to use the term original earth, you know, original soil in there. Um, I think it's interesting because um, this year is probably the, mm, I was kind of conscious of it, but really paid attention to it this year. And it primarily because I've been growing more root crops, um, the different textures of soil yeah. throughout my garden. Right. You know, so I have the very original garden and which is basically what's the cage baby sits on top of. It definitely is. It You know, it's more reminiscent of what you'd get out of a bag of topsoil. Yeah. Right. Definitely what kind of you imagine earth is like. Right. And then I have the um, the raised beds on the concrete patio, which a couple of those beds have much more pliable soil. And then a couple kind of feels like they have been, they struggled. Like it's a little bit more sandy, you know, um, you could see sometimes water repels off of it, you know. And then if you go to the front yard, it's actually a mixed bag, right? And it's interesting because the majority of the soil in those beds were from that original soil dump back in 2019. And it definitely it feels like that soil still needs a lot of attention. Right. You know, now don't get it twisted. Now I've grown some great food in those beds, but 
when it comes to kind of being crumbly, you know, kind of um, big kind of blocks of caked up kind of soil. Um, those are the two primary beds and a couple towards the closer to the house. But I have a couple of beds that I built out using a mixture of things. And I'm pretty sure I've mentioned this before. And these are some pretty these beds, you can plant anything on it in it has been my experience. Root crop, tomato, you know, so anything in the um, nightshade family, brassica, like you could plant anything and it seems like it does well. And it's a mixture of kind of some throwaway stuff, you know, spent potting soil, which we know the texture of potting soil is very different than your regular topsoil, garden soil or anything yep. of the like. Um, you know, some actual garden soil, some compost. And as I've turned those beds over, you know, whether it's with a spade or a shovel or whatever have you, I can just tell the difference in those beds. And it's kind of like, that's my goal. That's what I aspire to have in the rest of the garden. Um, I can grow radishes in those two beds where I struggle to grow radishes in, you know, the biggest beds in the front yard, just based on the soil makeup. Yeah, And I don't think there's anything wrong with adding potting soil small amounts of it to like a raised mm -hmm. bed or something. Um, I know a lot of people that I've read are like, don't ever do it. It's the worst thing ever. And I, I don't see that because you get that extra water retention. So it kind of yeah, helps just to be very clear. I'm sorry. No, go ahead. I just want to be, and I should have mentioned this when I said it, these are beds that sit, uh, let's see, 17 inches tall. Yeah. So it's a, a much taller bed than you'd normally, you know, a lot of people have when they, they, they're building raised beds. So I, I definitely were, was adding potting soil, not as a strategic move for soil health or soil, soil nutrients. It was quite literally a filler. Right. You know, but as all that stuff starts to get mixed in, you know. Well, and, you know, as I was, when I was younger, I used to buy, um, you know, when I was first even before I had a garden, I was just getting some containers, you know, trying to grow some like flowers or something. I don't know what I was trying mm -hmm. to grow, but I remember buying like the cheapest bag of topsoil you could get and it had pieces of trash in it and it was just real ugly. So for a long time, I didn't buy any topsoil and when I was planting my peach tree this year. I had bought, you know, I wanted to put topsoil and compost in, in the hole. Um, mm -hmm. As, long, as well as some native soil. But I didn't want to use anything that had fertilizer in it for the simple fact of it was fall. I was planting it and I didn't want to encourage more growth than was necessary. So I bought some topsoil and when I opened the bag, and this wasn't like super high quality, but it wasn't like the cheapest of the cheap you can get. Um, mm -hmm. And I believe when I bought that original bag, it was like tw 25 cents at Walmart or something like that. You know, it was dirt mm -hmm. cheap. But I opened it up and I was I was shocked the second I opened it up. And I was I read my hands through. And I was like, damn, this has got good texture. It's nice and fluffy. Like I could tell as soon as I opened it that that is something that needed to go into the garden. That's kind of what set me on the path when we had had that conversation. Mm -hmm. Because as over the years, you know, my beds have they've broken down. So I need to top off a couple inches probably on each bed. Mm -hmm. And so the question became is, okay, now what, what should I put in there? Because I remember I topped off real heavy with compost a few years ago and I haven't put any topsoil in since I've built out my beds. And I was talking to um, my friend again and he was saying that he had two people come 
One person filled up their beds completely with just topsoil that he got from them. And the other guy used a combination of like bagged soil and compost and they planted. And then the guy that did the combination also gave his neighbor the same, uh, the other guy, his plants that he grew from seed and they both planted them. And he said within a month, that guy came back to have the combination and said, I need to get more topsoil. I need to pull it out because the plants were growing so differently and he was hmm. like, what did you, you know, what is the difference? And he's like, all I did is I was like, I was topsoil. That's it. Nothing else. Hmm. And I think the word topsoil gets a bad rap. You know what I mean? Because we think that everything's poisoned and ruined and stuff like that. When it's just the natural things that things grow on all across our entire planet until we get yeah. into it. So I have some topsoil in my garage and I, um, I purchased it for the purpose of, uh, topping off some beds i purchased this back in the spring topping off some beds mixing up my own container mix Mm -hmm. right you know so i also want to be clear from my experience topsoil or even garden soil is kind of heavy for most of your containers right it definitely needs something that's a bit more light as drainage is always an issue with my containers and wanting that to make sure that it's not holding too much water. So something like topsoil is pretty heavy. And um, when you put it in a raised bed or in ground, you know, it has the earth to naturally um, kind of drain. Right. Um, And so I think that topsoil, I mean, it's one could argue that there's a bit of marketing in you create a whole nother brand of um, garden soil and then for decades it's recommended that you only use this in your garden and you use topsoil when you're planting you know grass or something right you know topsoil is generally cheaper always than your garden soil bags so there's a bit of that going on but when you open up topsoil compared to garden soil you can look at it and see the difference Clear. If you open up all three of them potting soil garden soil topsoil and i i don't think i'll ever add only topsoil to a garden bed um, but i do think as we're looking at a our beds it makes sense for it could make sense for me to add topsoil to the one bed that I had the mixture of the spent potting soil the one that I said is a little bit more um, pliable you know if I feel like perhaps it's too pliable there's too much drainage happening that could be a nice amendment yeah you know Um, I mean if you have to do like bulk topping off like your your beds have just broken down and they're compressed then I think topsoil would be great for that because it's it's cheaper and it's a good base to start with. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Like it like cuz if you open up garden soil like it's clearly got chunks of wood and stuff in it, like bigger, mm-hmm. much mm-hmm. bigger chunks of wood. Yeah. And a lot of them are shredded if you get like a quality garden soil. Um, but you know, then you can start to mix from there if you wanted and add a little bit of this and that. But I think as a whole, like for me, because I have to top off so much this year, it, and I'm going to come back in and add garden soil as well, but, and I'll even add some compost, but nowhere near the amount that I have been and doing. And so it's, you know, when you come into the fall and it's like, okay, now it's time to put the garden to bed, you can start to work these things in as needed. You know what I mean? So I wouldn't add everything all at once, especially because I planned like one of my beds should be empty in the next month or two. And so it's just going to rest. But I wouldn't just 
top it off completely right now. You know what I mean? I would kind of start yeah. to work into it a little bit and do a little bit one month and then the next month really add in. Um, I'd probably add in my topsoil first and let that just kind of work. And because of my situation and the fact that like my soil is so crumbly and let that work into the entire bed and then come back into the spring and then add a little bit more of something else. Is that the method that you do or... Well, it, it all depends on the where, yeah. right? Like, so I have access to all three of those components, potting soil, well, four, potting soil, compost, um, um, topsoil, and garden soil. I don't know if I named all four of them, but you know, you know the four I'm talking about. And a good example is because I grow in a lot of containers, I'm dealing with a lot of spent potting soil, yeah. a lot of spent potting soil, right? And so... Um, it depends if I if I have a bed that I feel like nutritionally, and this is all by gut, and I'm not even trying to say that I'm getting it right every time. Nutritionally, um, that is sound. I may be adding some of the spent potting soil, right? Like if I keep on adding things to the spent potting soil to make more potting soil, I'm going to have too much potting yeah. soil, right? Um, so I mean, I think it's it's really like you got to have to figure out what work is going to work in your garden. The front yard flower bed. And I realize I have you on this other screen and that's, I know you, you're looking at me saying, why is she looking over there? Um, the front yard flower bed, I've never added what you would consider the good stuff to that. You just treat your flower. <laughs> Listen, I'm just trying to tell you. And, you know, so it was originally the little bitty round flower beds that you see when someone's dug up a tree. Yep. It started with that. And then for the kind of, over the years, I dug up a little more, a little more. And then finally, I dug up the entire space, which is about 22, 23 feet or something, maybe 20 feet, call it that, across. And the most of that soil is the soil that was underneath that bad grass. I could never keep grass healthy. And so when I started building up just a few, like maybe a foot up, I was adding, you know, crap soil right you know it's like you, you don't want to put the good stuff where you're growing these flowers i know i know some people are just screeching um and every year that i had soil that i needed to kind of get rid of if you will i just dump it in there because yeah. that stuff gets compressed too um wood chips there's all kinds of crap in there you know wood chips mixed in with soil um and so i say that to say i mean again I, i'm gonna brag on myself it's a showstopper now yeah Things grow beautifully in there. I'm not growing food in there. So we have to kind of put an asterisk by that. Um, but I think it's a good example of kind of soil or, you know, kind of garden spaces or what you make of it. Well, I think that leads to a good question, too, because a lot of people think you have to make a raised bed in order to have a garden. And I mean, I, the question becomes, do you even have to do that? You know what I mean? I, I don't think you do. I'm going to go ahead and say that because just like you said, like you've added whatever you want into it. And over time, like it's continued mm -hmm. to mix and it gets into the native soil that's there and you're putting your plants in it and you're growing them. And, you know, I do the same thing like my back bed by the greenhouse. I add uh, <clears throat> that's where I put a lot of my scraps and stuff in and that if it got more sun, it would be my best bed I have, but it just doesn't get as much sun in the fall. So it doesn't do as well, but I add all that, you know, all of the old potting soils and compost and stuff like that. I don't even think about it. So I think you're naturally, and you're doing it in small portions too. So you're not really 
twisting up the biology of your soil either. You know what I mean? Yeah. I um, So a short answer is raised beds are absolutely not necessary. Right. Right. You know, and so we've gone down the road. If, if you're a gardener, you probably already know this. If you're new or thinking about gardening, maybe you don't. But um, I think there is an aesthetic. But I think a lot of people kind of either don't want to wait until they can create a healthy growing space with the soil they already have in the ground. And then I think that some people truthfully just have shit soil and they know it. And so building out raised beds allows you to control that a bit more, right? As you bring soil in, you know, so again, I planted out my front yard garden after years of um, kind of growing in ground in the backyard. And then also after years of having raised beds in the backyard, right? So that was kind of my way. I was sitting and trying to think with one ear and listen with the other ear. I went with metal raised beds, which are kind of sharp looking, right? right? I could, when I turn down my block, I can see them, right? I only did that in the front yard because I did want something that was a bit more spectacular than wood. Yeah. Um, and I, I don't know that I thought a lot about, again, them sitting, what did I say, 17 inches high. Yeah. I didn't think a lot about that. Um, cause they're still not convenient enough for me to like, not to have to bend over a lot, you know, I still gotta do that. <laughs> and look by, by May of each year, my back knows it. Right. Um, and so I'm sitting and thinking to myself and I don't know the answer yet. Leonard will have to put a pin in this, but I'm going to tell you where I'm leaning. If I had to do the front yard garden over again, one, would I use raised beds? Two, if I were to use raised beds, would I go with what I have, right? I have no complaints. These metal raised beds have been troopers through Chicago winters, and that's nothing to, you know, to take lightly. They have held up and held strong. And so I, if I were probably, to be quite frank, 20 years younger, (laughs) if I was in my 20s, I probably would be gardening much lower to the ground. Yeah. I know better now whether they say the one thing you don't get another one of is a back, yeah. you know, protect it. Um, but I am kind of leaning towards, I probably do something more like, I know you're not crazy about it, but landscape timbers, it's easy to maneuver, you know, it's easy to work with. I don't have to have like, you know, sick carpentry skills for it. Um, I can get the height. I can, you know, dictate the height that I want the expense compared to the metal garden beds. And when I say, if I had to do it over now, especially when I consider cost of materials now you know i'm not so sure i kind of feel like maybe i get less play meaning like you know they go after it less varmint around i've been using varmint for the last week i can't get out of it sorry i like it you know so i've been i think maybe they're i mean clearly they can climb inside don't get me wrong but i think maybe if they were lower to the ground i probably have more of them visiting there'd probably be more evidence of them visiting maybe um so anywho it, I mean, I hate to wrap up with the whole figure out what works for you, but that's what it is, man. Because it all can work. Well, and I mean, you know, for me, I have really sandy soil here. Mm-hmm. So if when I I originally just started with um, raised beds, and then I went into the wild garden, I tilled it up, and I just I, I pulled roots out of it for days, and then it'd rain, mm-hmm. and then more roots would come up, and then I tilled it again. And I just never really could get a hang of growing in it. And I would amend it and work on it and all that stuff. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So then I went 
to do the raised beds. And then I ended up getting what we all know as fill dirt, um, you know, mm-hmm. which you put under construction and stuff like that. But even though I have that fill dirt in there now and I'm working to amend it and make it better, I still feel that I have a better base to work with. And all the dirt underneath the garden will, it'll all mix over time. And then the deeper it goes in, it, you know, it'll get and penetrate into that sandy Mm -hmm. earth and then kind of continue to mix up. So essentially, even though I may have six inches on top, you know, in a couple of years, I have six inches below as Mm -hmm, well mm -hmm. that will be nice and, you know, ready to accept these things. So, I mean, I, it's interesting because when it was positioned to me that like, Hey man, topsoil, regular native topsoil grows every single plant you see. Why should it be any different for you to grow your food was a very interesting concept to me. And Mm -hmm, then the fact mm -hmm. of like when you're putting it to bed and you know, should you do it in winter or summer and stuff like that? There's a lot of conflicting information out there. And for me, it's always made sense to kind of add it in the fall and late winter you know, well ahead before you go into spring. So one, it can all start to break down Two, you can really take your time and get it right. So if you add some, you know, you don't really know what you can do. You can kind of get on that and figure it out, talk to a couple people or whatever. And then three, it can just, you, you have that time of available for you in the spring to focus on more pressing tasks, you know, yeah. because gardening ain't easy. I mean, yeah, but I also for for more years than I could count, I did only work in the spring going into summer. There was no putting. I didn't even understand the concept of putting a garden in yeah. bed. Yeah, right, you know, so the early years, and I do like the whole. All right, we're getting started. I'm gonna get my two bags of dirt. You know, I'm gonna come out. I'm gonna go and buy my two pepper plants from Home Depot, and you know, my uh, big boy tomato plant, and I'm gonna plant all that stuff out. Like I could do that stuff in like a weekend unless I let the weeds get ahead of me, you know, like, you know, I have pictures of this is the before, you know, on a Friday and this is the final on a Monday. That's not my current garden experience. Right. So there's a lot more to be done. And so a part of it, quite frankly, to me is just time management for me. I was talking to, um, a neighbor that's a couple of blocks down. It's funny because I always tell I tell him like there will go some periods of time. I haven't seen you in weeks. He told me, um, uh, it's an older gentleman, so I'm always listening for those bits of wisdom. He told me in September, all right, you know, happy Thanksgiving, you know, Merry Christmas and Happy New Year. Because I know we're getting to the point where I won't see you until next year. <laughs> it's so uh, funny enough, after that moment, just coincidentally, we would see each other. We saw each other like five days straight. So I hadn't seen him in like three weeks. Saw him this morning when I was taking a quick break, um, you know, from work. And I was telling him, you know, our weather it'll be passed by the time this airs, but our weather for the next two weeks is a godsend for a garden. Yeah. You know, and I'm like, you'll see me out here because I got work to do and the weather is agreeable. Um, and so it's a great opportunity and someone hold me accountable. If you hear me singing some sad song next year, like, well, I didn't get a chance to pull up my sunflower stalks and, you know, like, you know, that stuff is still out there because I have, I'm feeling good. I had a little bit of, you know, some sniffles and, and things, but I'm past that almost. And so I'm like eager. Like I got my second win. Yeah. If that's a thing in, you know, November. <laughs> well, and I mean, that's like me. I mean, <clears throat> our first frost date's coming up and we haven't had a frost yet. And we don't have mm-hmm. one in the forecast yet. 
and I'm checking every day to see what the new day is going to bring. And I don't see anything on the horizon. So it just gives you more and more time to go out there. And it's like this time of year is my busiest time because I'm working on everything. I mean, it's my buddy just called me. He's like, where you been? Same thing with you. And I'm like, man, I've been busy. He's like, what the hell you been doing? I'm like working in the garden, man, you know, amending, you know, trimming, planting. I'm planting seeds every day, getting ready for winter. Because like I said, the plan is to let some of these beds just kind of grow out and then done for the Mm -hmm. season. And it's like I I went yesterday and I put my money where my mouth is and I bought a bag of topsoil and Mm -hmm. I worked it in. I'm going to use a word here. I tilled it in mm. to my um, my where I'm going to put my garlic in a couple weeks, you know, once it starts mm-hmm. to cool off more. And as soon as I did that, though, Batavia, I'm not lying. I stuck my hands in it and I was like, I get it. Yeah. Like I got it immediately. There was a noticeable difference in yeah. the composition of that section of my garden. And that's the term, the composition of, of that. Yeah. That's side of the garden which is i mean it's it's key it's setting you up what we're t- i mean i mean i think it's i'm gonna say f- for those in the back it's setting you up for success next year yeah. like like in sentence right um and i think that um anything that you can do now you know while it's at top of mind then i'm team do it right now if you're out here um if you're out here, I'm sorry, I got a note about some water backing up in the basement and I haven't been in the, I went to the basement this morning off the check when I get done from a neighbor. Um, so if you're out here and you can't get to the stuff until the spring, I mean, please don't say, well, I'm going to wait until next year to garden. Like, yeah. you know, like it, it's okay. Right. You know, um, there are probably going to be, I mean, I have, I think it's like technically, if you think about everything that has a structure around it, you know, that you can call a raised bed, it's like 17, 18 raised beds, right? Like, am I going to get to all of that? Maybe, maybe not, you know, so I'll probably be doing some work in the spring and that's okay. Um, But I think to not have that as what could be considered for me in my space as a um, distraction in the spring is going to be, it's going to be a big win for me. Put that on my 2023 win. Yeah. Okay. We'll put it on a year ahead of time. <laughs> I mean, it, it's one of those things too. So first of all, if your ground's frozen right now or you're getting like repetitive, mm-hmm. <clears throat> you know, I think, I, I mean, I hesitate to say this cause I don't really know, but I'm pretty sure that in a lot of places, you know, you're, you're bouncing up and down right now, in and out, in and out of freezing and stuff like that. And I mean, the average garden bed is, what do you think an average raised bed is? Probably six to eight feet long and somewhere between mm-hmm. two and four feet wide. Yeah, you know? I think that's right. Um, you still have plenty of time to go out there and just, if you throw in a bag of something, you're activating that soil because even though your your garden freezes the life below the frost line still is active and it will continue to work that bed for you. And I mean, when I was living up in Massachusetts, I would take a tarp and lay it over my beds like a black tarp. And I would let them, you know, when it first started getting real cold and then that would keep that soil warm and it would allow it to kind of be a little bit more active for a longer. And I would rotate that around. So as in this time of year, you know, it'd get freezing and then warm up. It get freezing and warm up, and every warm spell we had, I would move it to another bed, 
And then as we go through, you know, and I didn't have 18, 19 beds or, you know, like I have or like you have or 10 beds like (laughs) I have now. But even then, like I was able to get around in a month's time and have that stuff still active and be amending and adding stuff to the beds constantly. Mm. And that always seemed to kind of work for me. So, um, you know, unless you're correcting something like PSA announcement. Don't just add compost to your garden only. There it is. You think that's safe to I, say? Um, yeah, I think it's safe to say. My mother, instead of because we're not at the point where she's going to add me at ask me about socks, um, we're not there quite yet. But we are at the point where she like every other call, which is a couple of times a week, she's saying, uh, "Your garden's about done, isn't it?" Yeah, And so I have to say, well, yeah, you know, because a lot of people think about the garden as tomatoes, cucumbers, and she knows that I'm not growing that, you know, in October, November. And but I'm just like, you know, I'm still out here picking greens, you know, and just generally like greens. And, you know, she knows she generally knows what I'm talking about when I say greens. And so I think it's interesting because this year in particular, the blessing of like this, my frost is going to come later than predicted as well which i mean i pray for every year and here it is yeah and unfortunately this is the least prepared i've been but whatever we're here um and so i'm I'm looking at it now and saying i have time to do these things which is great but if i go back to the time when it comes to the things that i was trying to sow and grow i literally have like two more weeks minimally and i'm talking about with no uh protection whatsoever like the garden gods have given me two more weeks of true fall weather before it gets uber duper cold and that's awesome and so i'm trying to make the best of it um so that's that's a part of like strike while the iron's hot in my mind you know use the time you have when you have it so are you sewing still no i'm not and i and I wish I thought about it two weeks ago. I thought about two weeks before that. And if I would have just done it when I thought about yeah. it, you know, that's why I've been like, I was, I was the same as you. Cause we got like a, a little cold snap. and I was like, there it is. It's done. And yeah. then as I was looking, I was like, wait, it ain't done yet. So I've been going out there and like, I keep sewing like my turnips and kohlrabis and radishes yeah. and stuff like that. Just trying to keep, cause I'm like, look, as long if I've got two weeks, I can potentially get stuff up to where they're already I don't want to say frost resistant, but you know, they're cool weather crops as it is. So I can potentially get things up and going and have even more mm-hmm. than I had anticipated because with my whole situation of getting sick, my gardens really struggled for the fall, getting it up and going. And I was out there today and I was looking, I was like, man, it's actually starting to come along. And with the things that I've just planted in the past couple of days, if they come up, like I'll have a full garden, which I didn't anticipate doing. Now I still will harvest and let them go to bed. Like I had initially planned, but I mean, I don't know. It's going to be interesting, but the longer it stays warm. I mean, you just, like you said, strike while the iron's hot, man. Yeah. Now it's funny because I've been trying to sew for fall since July <laughs> and my, <laughs> my last sewings took, I direct sowed September the 21st. It's funny how some of those things stick in my head. September the 21st, thinking my average first frost date is scheduled now to be November the 1st. Again, knowing I'm sowing kind of almost all cold hardy. Some of them are kind of like cold tolerant. And 
we got through there's like maybe a week where we were dipping close to to freezing we got close but didn't touch it you know and so now we're on the other side of you know kind of the oh shoot when is it gonna when's the frost coming and so it's interesting because i'm watching the growth in those periods of time and i'm glad that i didn't sow my entire garden but it absolutely was a missed opportunity i had plans that i just shelled yeah you know and even if i would have continued to sow in other places because september 21st i was already three weeks later than i wanted i've been sowing those three weeks but the stuff just wasn't germinating right you know and so if i would have continued to sow more on september the 21st i would have had would have more active gardens you know beds to manage but again i have enough which is i think important and guess what it gives me an opportunity to do it gives me an opportunity to see like put my money where my mouth is around harvest early and often i have some arugula right now as we record that's fit to eat where's it at well i mean it's still in the garden oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> so we're almost there we have recognition yeah, yeah, I didn't say, well, yeah, the acknowledgement of, you know, it's under cover too. It's under a row cover. And so it's prime for, you know, you know, set it and forget it. Yeah. Arugula young is much, I enjoy it much better than like a little bit older arugula. So again, perfect time to say, because I have this, and I'll wrap up here. I have this challenge of like, especially this time of year. Well, let, I wanted to keep growing because I know my window is still short. But I think something that, you know, if you're putting together those pieces of it to go is, again, take advantage of it while it's here. You know, excuse me. Um, what happens if a t- tremendous cold front comes in and arugula isn't that hardy? You know, enjoy it now. Enjoy arugula when it's three inches tall and keep on moving. Yeah. Right. Like ultimately you want to eat it. So whether you eat it now or later, as long as you eat it, go ahead and eat it now. Make sure you can get yeah. it. Yeah. You know, um, the one thing, too, that I need to say is if you're like me and you can grow most of the winter or even mm-hmm. all winter, you know, I I love I, So I mulch my beds uh, religiously. And what I'll do this time of year is I'll come back in and whatever I'm amending with, I just put it right on top of that mulch. Because mm-hmm. in the this time, you know, in most places, I mean, we haven't had rain and damn, we haven't had rain in almost a month. My rain barrels are going dry. That's how I know to sound the alarm. Um, mm-hmm. The you can put it on top and then with the rains coming as often as they do and on top of you watering and stuff, it'll actually work that stuff through. Keep that mulch moist. And then by spring, that stuff will be broken down in your garden and you can just mm-hmm. add right on top of it. You know what I mean? And I'll even go back in at some point, add another layer of mulch on top of that as you know, my upper layer. And then if you go back in and if you lightly till or mix up your garden any way, that stuff is going to get churned into it. and It's going to improve your soil over time. So that's another thing you can do, because like right now, my, like I said, my garden's fully planted and I have a lot of work to do on the soil in some areas. So I just kind of went in there and look, this is how I look at it. Small steps is better than no steps. Okay. So yeah. instead of just rushing through it and being like, no, nah, screw it. I can't do it because it's planted. Like as we speak right now, it's doing something out there. You know what I mean? When it rains, mm-hmm. when it gets watered, that stuff is going to work its way through the nooks and crannies of that, 
uh, mulch and it's going to get into the soil and it's just going to help break it down. And I moved it. So I just put it like in the middle, like the edges of it are um, exposed, the mulch. And when I move the soil away, guess what? It's flat, it's wet, and it's starting to break down already. And the, the dirt underneath the soil is warmer underneath because it's starting to cook a little bit. Mm-hmm. So you know if you're if you're like me and you have those situations, you can definitely do that. That's a good option to have. But with that being said, I know that Miss Batavia is going to give you the recipe of the day. So I was so glad you didn't say a banger recipe of the day. I, I needed you to, <laughs> need to play this down a bit. So um, as of the recording, I am finishing up with some of my um, late season summer crops. So I'm mixing up recipes and preserving things. And I got some bangers. But at this point, it's going to be like December by the time you hear this. And I, I'm not going to like tease you. So I'm going to give you something that can be used and probably is still useful to you now and 365 days a year. I'm going to give you two different types of season blends. And I'm getting it out of the... Dude, that's a banger. Blue. I love that. Yeah. Uh, I, I knew you would because it's herbs. So I'm going give it, to give it to you out of the ball canning book, uh, the all new ball book canning and preserving, book of canning and preserving. I mean, this is pretty par for the course. So, I mean, they're not, they've not come up with any ma- anything magical. Um, Italian seasoning blends, it's going to make about six tablespoons. So double it, triple it, quadruple it as you see fit. So it's going to be dried herbs and a mixture of garlic powder. Now, this is key because you need to go into that closet, into that shoebox where you put your fresh herbs like months ago that you were drying and go and get those now before you forget about them. You're going to use two tablespoons of dried oregano, two tablespoons of dried basil, a tablespoon of garlic powder, two teaspoons, I said teaspoons of dried thyme and two teaspoons of crushed red pepper. I never add crushed red pepper in mixes like this. I like to control even that small set of spice. Control. But mix it up together and you have an Italian seasoning blend. Sorry, Janet Jackson got in my head right away. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So second one, and they actually have a bunch here, but I'm only going to give you two. Second one is a smoky Mexican seasoning blend. So this makes about a third cup. All right. Again, multiple recipes you'd use this for, right? So we're going to go with all teaspoons here. So you have two teaspoons of cumin seeds. I said seeds, two teaspoons of coriander seeds, four teaspoons of chili powder, four teaspoons of ground chipotle chili powder that Ben's going to send me from the chipotle powder or chilies that he made, two teaspoons of dried oregano and two teaspoons of garlic powder. Um, So you're going to heat the cumin seeds and coriander seeds in a small non-stick skillet. You're going to let that get, you know, aromatic. You know, you want that aroma. So about five minutes stirring until toasted and fragrant. And then you're going to remove that from the skillet. Um, this is it gets a little bit tricky because you're putting this in a grinder. You could definitely use the powdered versions of those blends, but this is going to be a b- bit more flavorful. So you're going to put it in a grinder, blend it up. Um, or you can use a mortar and pestle if you want. And then once you have everything ground, you can add everything else that I listed. Chili powder, uh, chipotle, chili powder, and oregano and garlic powder. And now you have a smoky seasoning blend. Have you ever used a mortar and pestle? Yep. They're a bitch to use. 
Mm-hmm. I've used it for uh, my pesto. You know what I use? What? Coffee grinder. Mm. Works. I have great. a coffee grinder as well. I used it once or twice for my pesto, and then I decided. I mean, I'm in Chicago. I don't need to be that authentic. I'm gonna go ahead and go to the food processor. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, especially when you're making big batches. But I got excited mm. because. Man, I love seasoning blends, but the stuff you buy at the store, man, it can be so hit or miss. Mm-hmm. And by the time you go through and try it all out, I mean, dude, you, you got a whole rack full of stuff that you're just like, Ugh. yeah. So, well, that's the reason why I'm glad that they put like, so six teaspoons, like that's probably like it easily gets you through three recipes, depending yeah. on what you're making. So if you don't care that much for it, you're done with yeah. it. You know, you could obviously even half that recipe if you want to just try out, you know, that first one that I gave you. Um, I do a, a classic um, house seasoning blend, which is just it's in a regular shaker, salt, pepper and garlic powder. Um, that's one of my kind of standard, again, house seasonings <laughs> that I use daily. I want to learn how to make my own garlic powder. Do You know how? I've seen videos on it, but I didn't have enough garlic this year to try to give it a try. Yeah, I don't know how much it would make. I don't know if it'd be worth it. Mm-hmm. Garlic powder is so much easier to use than chopping garlic. I'm just going to say it out loud. Yeah, for sure. Sorry. But fresh garlic tastes a lot better, so mm-hmm. there it is. Mm-hmm. Um, it tastes much more like garlic. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's much more pungent. But, mm-hmm. I mean, seriously, everybody, it's it's all about... If you're going to amend your garden beds in the fall, I don't. I think it's a good time, a good use of your time in wrapping up the garden. You can add it to the list. There's a lot of chores that you can do, but I think this one will help you set forward because there's going to be a time in the spring when you're doing it and you're going to be like, shit, I'd rather just be planting my tomatoes or, you know, harvesting <laughs> my, my, my taters or, you know, whatever. So... It's, um, you know, give it a shot, see what it is. And you don't have to add it all at once. I would definitely, anything that breaks down, I would put in first. There it is. I summed it up in one sentence. Sounded like it, but actually I don't think I did. (laughs) And on that note, come check us out on all our places. Uh, We'd love to see you on Patreon. Teespring, that code is XMAS2022, 20% off everything. And until next time. See ya. Now you know why people feel like celebrating at harvest time. All over the world, people have feasting and good times when the crops have been gathered in. Hey, everybody. Thanks for checking out the Backyard Gardens podcast. If you like what we're doing and you want to continue to support the podcast, head over to our Patreon page to sign up. You can also make a one-time donation using PayPal. Both of these links are in the description. With your support, we can continue growing and helping others in their gardens. See ya. If you guys want some Backyard Gardens gear, go to the link below and check out our t-shirts, mugs, pint glasses, and other gear. All purchases go towards helping to support the show, so thank you so much in advance, and we hope you enjoy. We want everybody to have a garden, and we're going to give you a chance to win free seeds every month. Head over to BackyardGardensTV.com and enter your email address to be entered in all of our giveaways. Good luck! We want you to be a part of our gardening community. DM us a picture of your garden at Backyard Gardens TV on Instagram, and we will share it with our listeners.